0: I think theology's for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something?
1: Theology. Theology. Unplugged.
2: Welcome to Theology Unplugged. We are continuing our series on. Uh, theology and culture, and the specific topic right now is our fourth time, fourth uh, session, right? Fourth, fourth podcast on uh, specifically abortion. And we've, we're, uh, you know, I think we, we may have scratched the surface, but just beyond scratching the surface of many of these things. And we're, we're talking about the arguments that abortionists would make, you know, uh, the, the things that we got to understand, the things we got to try our best. Uh, to to see and empathize with, if we can, and to respond to, see where they're coming from, responding to this with uh, gentleness and respect, as uh, Peter tells us. So let's let's continue and pick up where we left off, which is which is specifically um, uh, an issue, as you Clint, Clint you said, you and Kerry said, uh, was an issue of women's rights. Kind of, kind of crossing over with this idea of when does this uh, fetus or or clump of cells or whatever be identified as a person? Right? When are we saying that uh, between the time of conception to the time of death that personhood begins or ends? And uh, the, the specific, specific argument I was bringing up, I guess, is called the violinist argument. Is that correct? I mean, yeah. you guys called it that. I've just always heard it, but I've never heard it called mm-hmm. that. But, Clint, I think you wanted to uh, read the uh, the violinist argument so that we can okay. start Okay. So,
0: right. yeah, as we said, you know, we start from a different place than than uh, people who call themselves pro-choice. started. It's like flip the, whole, flip the whole table around, and they start at the other end, and whereas uh, they would complain that we haven't brought this up just yet until now. Yeah. We, we always spend our time complaining that everything we hear from them never even mentions the status of, of the unborn. So when we then get to that if we say look your strategy should be to start with the woman. So here's something that became quite famous or if you want to say infamous. So uh, this woman named Judith Jarvis Thompson makes the famous argument here. Uh, she was a Columbia University professor and she lays this out, I think, as at least as rationally as you can lay it out. She sets it forth in clear terms. And let me just read from her 1971 landmark little article on this called A Defense of Abortion. And listen to what she concedes up front. She says most opposition to abortion relies on the premise that the fetus is a human being, a person, from the moment of conception. Now, she says, she go, I'll summarize some of it. She goes on to say she's not totally convinced, but she says, however, I'm inclined to agree that the prospects for, quote, drawing a line in the development of the fetus look dim. I'm inclined to think also that we shall probably have to agree that the fetus has already become a human person well before birth. Indeed, it comes as a surprise when one first learns how early in its life it begins to acquire human characteristics. So far, so good, right? Yeah. And then she says, by the 10th week, blah, blah, blah. It goes on to describe some of what we would agree with uh, for 1971 anyway. I propose then, she writes, that we grant that the fetus is a person from the moment of conception. She's going to grant that. How does the argument go from here? Something like this, I take it. Every person has a right to life, so the fetus has a right to life. No doubt the mother has a right to decide what she'll happen to in and to her body. Everyone would grant that, but surely a person's right to life is stronger and more stringent than the mother's right to decide what happens in her body, and so outweighs it. So far, so good, boys and girls. Ah, but here's where it gets interesting. It sounds plausible, she says, but now let me ask you to imagine this. You wake up in the morning and find yourself back to back in bed with an unconscious violinist, a famous unconscious violinist. He has been found to have a fatal kidney ailment and the Society of Music Lovers has canvassed all the available medical records and found that you, you alone, have the right blood type try to help. They have therefore kidnapped you, and last night the violinist's circulatory system was plugged into yours so that your kidneys can be used to extract poisons from his blood uh, as your own. Um, So the, uh, the director of the hospital now tells you, hey look, we're sorry that the Society of Music Lovers did this to you. We would never have permitted it if we had known, but still they did it. The violinist is now plugged into you. To unplug you would be to kill him but never mind, it's only for nine months. By then, he will have recovered from his ailment and can safely be, be unplugged from you. Um, is it morally incumbent, she asks, on you to accede to the situation? No doubt it would be very nice of you if you did, be a great kindness, but do you have to agree to it? What if it were not nine months, but uh, nine years or longer still? What if the director says, tough luck, Uh, but now you've got to stay in bed with the violinist plugged into you for the rest of your life. Um, All persons have the right to life, after all, violinists are persons, granted that you have a right to decide what happens in and to your body, but a person's right to life outweighs your right to decide what happens. Um, So, now, Obviously, it goes on and on from there. And incidentally, I now realize we could have called this podcast Violinist Unplugged. Right. But anyway, <laughs> nevertheless, and make sure to play some nice violin music, a little Yo-Yo Ma underneath our intro. Well, he's so, um, okay. Yeah, what well, yeah, sure. So uh, how about, I can't think of a good violinist. Charlie Daniels, is that a fiddle? Yuhuti. That's a fiddle. I Yehudi <laughs> well,
1: early, early 20th century. You're making that up.
0: I'm just kidding. All right, so there you go. Now she goes on to, to say what you might guess, but you see how the analogy that's been yes. made, the analogy is saying, yeah, okay, it's a person. Okay, you know, normally you wouldn't want to kill a person. But look, um, do you, does the woman, have the moral obligation to donate the use of her body uh, for this extended period to this other person or... Um, even though it might be a nice if you did, yeah. do you have to? And are you morally wrong if you decide, you know what? Nah, I, I don't agree to it. And you unplug and that person naturally dies. You know, So there, there's the argument. What do you, yeah. and here we can read more, but I think you get the gist and we can start to sort mm-hmm. of analyze. This is, again, we're talking, this whole thing's an extended argument from analogy. So it's the analogy that matters here, right? It's the analogy that we analyze. Is it a good analogy? Is it a fair analogy? And even within that analogy, we can debate whether or not it's wrong to unplug from that violinist. Aside from whether that analogy of the violinist is a good parallel to birth, yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of problems with that anyway. So, so there, I think there are two lines of analysis and debate here.
2: You know the the, right. the analogy can be extended into all kinds of things, and maybe it's just the idea: Are we do we have the obligation to save someone who we can save? Right? I mean, uh, is it murder if if somebody's drowning and I go by my boat and just pass them over? You know, if I could have saved them, those types of things that that parallel this, I I think St. Augustine dealt with this quite a bit whenever he was talking about uh, these issues about uh, the necessity to save somebody, the moral obligation we have, the greater good issues that are involved. And and I I think some of this comes down to the idea of on the side of the abortionist, the greater good is to preserve the freedom of a person to choose in such a circumstances, whether or not they are going to do said good, whatever that is. And in this case, the said good is keeping the baby in your womb and bringing the baby to life and taking care of the baby. Now, I think also, I mean, even this extends further in the present violinist analogy, where you have the violinist who is in bed, let's say, for instance, uh, in this circumstance, the, the Not only are you plugged up to the person for nine months, but you have to, after nine months, come back periodically and update the blood, you know, and, and keep the blood going. Um, or, or in the analogy, maybe you decide, well, at first, yes, I'm going to do this. And then three months later, you say, well, I've changed my mind. And you unplug at that point, you know, once you're plugged up already. And so um, and, and if you're going to take this and say, this is the analogy, we, uh, don't you feel like we've got to say, okay, let's make it more real then. Afterwards, you have to come back and all this kind of stuff and, and uh, take care of the violinist as you go. And they may say, well, of course not. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, I might do it for nine months, but that was nice enough of me. Afterwards, I'm done, right? I, I'm done with it and I can leave him and hopefully he makes it on his own. Maybe he doesn't, you know. And you say, well, what if he really needs you to come back for the next 18 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taking care of At him. At least. Years. <laughs> 18 years. Whatever. At the very least.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Kanye. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> and so you're, you're saying, okay, but it, it, you have to come back then. And again, the, if you're going to use this analogy, what I say is use the analogy. I, I don't know if I'm correct and that's one of the responses that we could give, but that's one I would say. And I know that they would say, no, you don't have to come back either. Then I would say, well, what's wrong with the mother? Then after birth, you know, leaving the child and not, uh, well, Mm -hmm. do you have to go get, you have to, at that point, you have to go get somebody who will come and give this person blood. And if you don't, you're obligated. What if you can't find anybody? Are you obligated to it? No, just leave it. You know, leave him, Mm -hmm. leave, leave the violinist, it's not your responsibility. So, I, I mean, I say, first of all, let's really use the analogy if we're going to. Mm-hmm. The second of all, I don't think the analogy works out. Is that right? I mean, I don't know if it's a great analogy, but maybe I'll let Clint jump in here because mm-hmm. he had a few things to think about, say about that, I think.
0: Yeah, about the nature of the analogy. Yeah. Well, let's think about it. So we're talking about, first of all, let's just walk through the different parts of it. So you have a mother and her biologically conceived you know child her baby but you know, she's responsible yeah for versus she didn't wake up and That's yes, right how
2: did this happen right you know, i mean the closest could like you could happen? come
0: would be like you were drugged and raped and you wake up and realize you've been impregnated yeah like that comes closer but even then um even then this is not a stranger um in the sense that a, a baby is sort of uh essentially there, there's something about in other words the mother child relationship i think we all even, animals, an, even animals understand.
1: That's inherent, yeah. Um,
0: as one, uh, I, have, I have a good critique here from different philosophers who talk about it. And one of them says the mother-child is primordial, you know, interpersonal, universally recognized. A mother is expected to do things for her children that strangers are not expected uh, to do for each other. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I think we see this in our culture today. In the On the extreme end of, of, this, of the kind of uh, pro-abortion movement, I will see these things where, it's almost funny, I mean, I, pardon me, I sometimes laugh because they'll say things like, you know, the alien that invades your womb can't, you know what I mean? Have you seen yeah. these kind of things? They make all these analogies like, like a hostel has barged into your womb, a hostile <laughs> parasite yeah. is waving a gun around mind. and saying, I'm taking over this here, <laughs> <laughs> womb right here. <laughs> you you know? You've been uterus jacked. <laughs> yeah, that's right, you've been uterus jacked, <laughs> yeah. And, that's, and, and those kind of analogies, of course, are absurd yeah. because who, uh, you, how depraved ha- does your thinking have to get when you take something as fundamental and basic, not just even within the Christian worldview, but pretty much it's, wouldn't you consider this almost innate and part of the most yeah. natural sort yeah. of revelation that people have that there's something about the, that's your baby which is different from some dude got hooked into, up, <laughs> got hooked into your body. Uh, so I think the analogy is really goofy there. Um, and then it, But like you said, um, the nine months, I mean, yeah, I mean, even, even if we accept the analogy, you, were, you just said that long thing. I mean, we don't even have to get to the analogy if we, if we raise our hand and say, I think you'd be wrong once you're hooked up to the guy to unhook it, I think it's a sin of omission. In that sense, it's involuntary. In a sense, euthanasia on his part—he didn't. I mean, you know. Um, I think it's even be- there, there. There are problems in both areas. The analogy yeah. suffers problems, and the morality of the but, but of here, the analogy what, here, itself suffers. Here's problems. what
2: I would admit about this: is that this is the only time. It's last time I said I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. This is the only time. Whenever I said okay. Now I get it a little bit, you know, and and, and it's that the first time where there has been a slight bit of empathy that has gone over there to understand at least their way of thinking and how they can come to that way of mm-hmm. thinking if that is the process, if that is really what is going on, to where they do feel like their body's been hijacked. Mm-hmm. Now I mean, of course, we would respond and say, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I I, I just I got too much of my mother in me who just basically. Mm -hmm. Who cares? You know. I mean, you are responsible. Period. You you are pregnant. You are responsible for that. No matter what. It doesn't matter how it came into you because it is a it is a an essential function of womanhood. It is an essential function of who you are. It's a it's this innate responsibility that you're born with that you do not have rights for certain things because you are a woman. Now you do have the right to pr- try to prevent pregnancy at all costs. Number one, don't have sex. Number two, um, be on some type of uh, uh, birth control. Number number three, I mean, there may be something so radical where you say, I do not ever want an alien invading my body, if that's the idea here. And therefore I am in a permanently um, uh, close myself off through some type of surgical means there's all kinds of ways but in the end by being a woman by having a personhood as a woman you you may get pregnant and then you do have that responsibility for that child period Mm mm-hmm I mean, I know that, that that maybe sounds cold, and it doesn't even bring up motherhood or anything like that, or the idea of, hey, you need to because you're a mother, and you should feel something. I'm just saying, I don't care whether you feel
0: anything or not. This is how it works. This is how being yeah, a human works. I think you're right, though, to say that because the the, it's emotional arguments that are primarily being thrown around right now. I mean, if I if I tell you a story through the eyes of a young Mother who, you know, had a wild night and oops accidentally now as a baby, and you know, she works a job, it's hard on her, she doesn't have a lot of support. If I just tell you that story, you're only looking at her life, you start to feel sorry for her, and you think, you know, why can't she just do this? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a little bit gory, and I wouldn't want to look at this happening, and it's it's kind of unsavory, and it's a shame that it has to happen, but you know, I mean, a I baby it. only feels it for a second. But see, th- that's just part of it. Is is it's kind of like the old thing where you say, um, let's say the difference between let's say that I told you um, that to join my gang or initiation, you you got to you got you got to commit a you got to get a kill under I mean, you got to kill someone. Uh, okay, you're but I assign you two different kinds of killing. I say you have to you have to uh, smother and uh you know an innocent uh you know uh a uh, middle-aged woman uh kindly church going lady in her bed you got to smother her. you on the other hand uh there's a there's a light switch over there mm-hmm. and if you just flick it on and off once a guy in taiwan will drop dead right. <laughs> see what i mean now yeah. the difference between the two of you is i mean come on man you will never meet him you'll never see him who cares it you'll It'll hardly cross your mind. You're not going to feel anything. Whereas you feel like flip movie, flip. you've the got box. the trauma of it. Yeah, yeah. That the they made movies like they, this. Yeah. yeah, but I think objectively speaking, we have to acknowledge you took a life and you took a life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the, the, the difficult thing here is, which, by the way, the emotional part of it is being waged on both sides because I think pro-life activists understand that that even though we shouldn't make our arguments only on uh, on the basis of that, pro-life activists know where the bread's buttered and they know that people respond, which is why they show ultrasounds, which is why they, they'll hold up gory looking, those, you know, they'll sometimes hold up those posters that are gross, babies. and people yeah. are like, that's disgusting, but I think what they're doing is saying, you, wanna, you want to appeal to emotions and visual stuff that, that gets a response, we're just going to play They're by those rules, too. too, because well, there's something visceral about this well, that's also. Like you know.
1: Miley Cyrus with her abortion as health care cake. That picture. Well, Sabo, do you know who Sabo is? He's sort of like a, a conservative Banksy or whatever, but he... Anyway, it just... Y'all can look that up. Okay, mm-hmm. I get. Uh, yeah. I think I see where you're going with that. It, it's, it's well, maybe, very that's,
0: why, that's, maybe, that's,
2: why it's, maybe that's why. That's Pinterest. Ha- it's you said good. something about Pinterest. Uh- yeah, with
1: live action. Yeah. yeah banning. Um, well, this is a side topic, but yeah, they 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 well, it's have. not a
2: side topic because it, why? Why would Pinterest, if they did, uh, you yeah. know? I guess there's some guy that came out of Pinterest. Well, and someone said
1: that, at Pinterest let the cat out of the bag anonymously mm-hmm. that. Uh, They have relegated live action, the group, live action, their pro-life group, relegated them to uh, the porn list. They've been blacklisted as a porn...
2: Because, uh, you know, what what is Pinterest about? It's about posting pictures, you know, and pictures up, because the visual effects of things. I
1: can't imagine what... How that could be perceived as pornographic, incidentally, unless they're carrying over with the reproductive right thing. Well, because <laughs> the baby
2: doesn't have any clothes on. You know, even... Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I'm really trying to figure out how are they getting away with that? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even... It's terrible
2: but uh, again it's it's these emotional things and it, it, there is an emotional pull there is an emotional jarring either way no matter what you say and and I've said this many times on this podcast that we are emotional creatures first no matter what unless we recognize that we'll never be able to get control of these emotions in any sort of way and it's okay that we are because emotions are so important for us but we're trying to drive these emotions by the right mechanisms mm-hmm. And even drive those mechanisms by the right emotions. And so you have this, what is it, this hermeneutical spiral in our own life where we're trying to interpret this. And I understand the emotions. I think it's very important for us to see those emotions that are involved. We understand, as you said, the tables are turned because the other side is going at it from a women's rights issue. And ultimately, in the end, they see that as the greater good. No matter how many of these arguments we put forward, no matter how many pictures that we show, analogies that we have, the greater good is the woman's right to autonomy.
1: But that's, and that again, that, that's their first principle. I think we talked about that in the last podcast that um, that's their first principle. That's what they've elevated that to. Bodily autonomy has been elevated to even above the sanctity of human life, innocent human life being preserved. Um, But the problem with that is that that's elevating my individual right uh, uh, above anyone else's ultimate right. Do you see what I'm saying? Because the ultimate right to live, Mm -hmm. if that's denied, if the ultimate right of an innocent person's life, right? They have an innocent person has a right to live. And I stress innocent because obviously there are people that are guilty of certain crimes and they have forfeited their right to live Mm -hmm. that's another thing altogether but say an innocent person if their right to live is denied them any other right to 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 privacy, to bodily autonomy, to uh, private ownership, to all of these things, uh, it doesn't even matter because their their actual right to to draw breath has been taken from them. Ooh, I, and I that that, I think, if you want to tackle it, the women's right issue or whatever, I, that's how I approach that. Well, let's, let's approach say, this for
2: a second from an emotional standpoint, if we can. And I don't know if this is cha- – I don't think it's changing. I think this is right on topic. Should but you we answer it me.
1: with emotions? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, no, should no, we no, answer no, no, it not with necessarily, emotional arguments? But I'm trying to
2: get into the mind of someone who – To empathize uh, with them? Instead of looking at all these arguments and saying, okay, this is a political issue or this is a moral issue or a social issue, I just want to get in the mind of the woman, <clears throat> the girl – uh, let's say you know, seventeen years old. She's right. in high school. She's she's uh, uh, having sex with her boyfriend, and you know she's grown up in a maybe a, a home that uh, would not receive that or they either are against uh, her doing this kind of stuff, uh-huh. or she's just got big plans in her sin life. Beget sin begets yeah. sin, kind of thing. And she maybe she was <laughs> so she was thought she was being cautious. You know, it's. It's not as if um, most of these situations maybe come where people say, I, I don't care. It's a lot of them come, they're accidental, they didn't mean to, yeah. and it comes as a surprise. Sure. So here, here's a girl and all of a sudden she wakes up and she's starting to have signs of pregnancy one way or the other, and then all of a sudden the thought in her mind, oh my gosh, did so and so wear protection, you know? And he must not have. And then all of a sudden, panic strikes in, and she starts to think, "What? What is? What is the process from there on out to the abortion in her mind?"
1: I think, to be honest, I mean, maybe this is my lack of empathy for people in that situation. Well, empathize. I, I'm trying to, but all I can think of is self, self, self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Self, but that's self, okay. Self. That's
2: okay. Empathize and be self, self, self.
1: But. The, the, or, or just that's just sinful
2: emotionally move in that direction I mean right self
1: preservation and self interest and all of that isn't inherently sinful but being completely selfish
2: okay well let, let, me, I, let hard, me do it, I don't let, me do it. Advocate, let me be the selfish person I, not to say I can't
1: person. empathize with people being selfish because just ask my husband I'm a very selfish person yeah. but well, here, here, I don't here, want oh, to give that credence to that oh my gosh
2: I'm pregnant and I am a sophomore in high school and what are what is everybody going to think I, I Every, understand all that. I cannot of understand that. this. No, yeah. no, I'm just walking through it. I'm going through the mind uh, because I, I need I need to understand this mind first because I think this is where it starts. Obviously, it's where it starts. And so, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Everybody at school, all of my friends are going to find out. They they knew I was having sex, but they, being pregnant you is really got to use
0: this clip, this audio. you are getting some gold right <laughs> here.
2: <laughs> and and I'm looking forward <laughs> into my future, and I'm like, who's going to take care of this child? I can't take care of it. I'm getting really good grades in school. Maybe let's me, just me, say. me. Yeah. Keep going. I'm, I'm, i have got on. plans to go through college. How can I support this child and go through college? My mother will be so angry. My whole family will will shame me. This whole situation is just terrible. So let's, now we've got we've got a situation. Let's say we we're in op- a, we're, Let's say we're in a vacuum. Let's say we're in a we're in a legal vacuum, uh, a, a penal vacuum, uh-huh. to where no, we don't have any situations yet and so the person's going oh my gosh i have this situation and in my mind i have either to the obligation to take care of this child and this is the way it is my entire life has just changed right uh-huh. everything in my future has just changed i'm not thinking how much i'm going to love it I'm not, i haven't seen it i'm not well, thinking anything yeah, so like just, that it the, so i'm right. just thinking of all the things all the all the detours that i have to take i uh-huh. mean uh, much less the right turns in different places that i have to go to in my life and things that i'm so not, i may not get a mind. husband because nobody's going to want somebody right. with a so with a single all of that it means is means it is i'm the not, solution I'm, in their it mind is, of is murder it is me Oh, Michael. I mean, that, that's
1: anyone. I mean, if you want to empathize, well, <clears> you can empathize with people. I'm going to be very. I'm going to give a lot of pushback here. What you just said, that whole line of reasoning, could go to some. Could be used for someone who has a two year old. But here's the deal. Wait, minute, all wait all a minute. Wait a minute. I know that. But, uh, I know that. But but I'm
2: sitting here thinking. I'm trying to understand it. And here it is. I've never seen this child. Nobody's ever seen this child. Nobody knows this child. Nobody, nobody has fallen in love with this child. I'm not in love with this child, okay. which which causes the self preservation and parenthood so much. You know, uh-huh. I'm scared about my children because I'm totally a, a crazy over them. Right. You know, right? Well, and I started get the crazy. I found out them. I was pregnant. I, a lot, well, of, women are, a lot I, of women are. A lot of women. The the first the first the very first funeral I ever did was of a premature baby. And um, I, I I was very surprised because this couple that was premature, he, he got her pregnant. He didn't. He wasn't dating her or right. anything like that. Got her pregnant, but afterwards stuck with her, uh-huh. and then um, had some plans with the baby. And then the baby died. Uh-huh. Well, they were very upset about this, and I was I was quite taken back because whenever I went to the hospital to visit them. They both were crying and saying, "Let me spend some time with yeah, my child this is common. and hold it."
0: Yeah, this is common. So,
1: so what you're saying though, there was a visceral. Well, this is common. Yeah.
0: There was, but I'm saying that's not but, so common. I was okay. taking a back. No, it, it is common. That I think common. you know it is common. My, my wife was a labor and delivery nurse for years, and and this I think probably it's hard because we're dealing with a massive population. So, could I find you a thousand girls who don't who have no connection to their baby yeah. and who convince themselves that this is nothing to me? probably yeah, that, I, I don't know psychologically if that if later there's their suppression of that truth can last but I can find you 10,000 who were so sad that they lost her and by the way that's offensive to a lot of people on the other side on the extreme of the other side they're they'd be angry when they hear a woman who lost her um, her baby mourn over it stop doing that why are you doing that yeah because um, they don't want to think about that and by the way this just goes back to the subjective reasoning it's like I applaud you, young mother, uh, or no, I sympathize with you, young mother. It's so sad that you lost your baby. The only reason it's sad is because you wanted it, right? But the one next to you, didn't and, want. Th- who didn't want it. I, I, I applaud her for exercising her right. This is purely subjective. And so, well, you, you, you know, one of the things. One of the Whenever
2: I saw this, I mean, was was com- I was even more taken aback by. And, and what was amazing to me is, was whenever I went in and saw this foot long coffin, yeah, yeah, and right. I thought, oh, they go my through gosh. the
1: whole funeral, and well, we, it's a lot because they know, Because, because
2: that. Yeah. it is, I mean, here it is, is these coffins, these little, I mean, just think of the picture of the foot long coffin,
1: right? Think of the picture. What is of, this, the, of the But how does this correspond to the that you're to empathize? Making. Yeah, with you the you just played though. both
2: sides of it. Do now. you want to yeah, wrap? Yeah, but I I'd so say are you think wrapping that? I was Up. taken aback by that because I was like, if it's so early on, if, if it's like right off the bat, you know, I can get rid of it because it's just a couple of cells, right? Uh-huh. There's no arms. There's no legs. There's no coffin. Right. Right. I mean, there's no coffin for, for however many cells a zygote has. Right. But maybe there should be, right? I, I, is that what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: I mean, well, I mean, I, first we should say congratulations to Michael because he just now, sort of in real time, uh, methodically and a little bit painfully, uh, worked <laughs> his way, uh, worked his way to w- to what he didn't have last time. Remember, I remember not too long ago you were saying, "I totally don't understand yeah. at all," and now you just sort of like, you know, slowly worked your way to you understanding, understanding it. it. I, I understand that. But we that knew sense. that. I mean, where you've arrived is but, where I already had gone through. I mean, I've. I think that I don't think there's a lack on most of our parts of understanding and sympathy toward women yeah, and girls in that situation, in situation, unless you're just have a heart of stone. That's why, no, so, many, that's that, that, why so That's why so. But that's why, that, why so
1: many Christians are inclined to foster second, and to adopt. But this, the, this is where the, the majority of, of people all this out begin, there adopt. Right? That, the adopt it does. We said at.
0: last time this is this has to do with lifestyle as well. There are a lot of people that frankly. They live a lifestyle where they need this in their corner because the thought of being, you know, like Obama said once, I don't want my daughter punished with a baby, you know, like punished. And a lot of them see it that way, like what a punishment that would be. And because I plan on living a promiscuous life uh, and because, you know, let's face it, birth control is kind of of, a pain in the rear to always have. Who is it that just recently said you have
2: to have a funeral? Uh, and they have to be very well, pre yeah, one or of the, one
0: of the states. But this is part of the war of the states going oh, that on. Was right? But but, oh. it, but it's was appealing to the same type of thing. It's, it's Missouri it's, I think. It's, it's saying to that girl who the, just figured yeah. out
2: I, I got pregnant that oh my gosh, I'll it's have to have a baby. It's appealing to a the opposite for, side this. Side of it. for this baby. And I do think it it puts the, all of a sudden that personhood that she doesn't see at that point in if right. and if, and if and if everybody's telling her it's not a person, it's not a person, it's not a person. It's kind of like in your mind you might say if I hurry if i hurry before yeah, the arms and legs and I everything. Yeah. I understand else. that
0: too. But look, uh, there's also I want to say though that there is a dishonest wing to the to the pro-abortion side that that I want to push back on that says that it that implies or says outright that none of you guys who are pro-life, none of you guys give a rat's rear end about women at all and and, and really what you're all about they don't... You know, you're they,
1: pro-birth, not pro-life. know. Well, what they'll... What they'll uh, like, say. Or they'll
0: just ignore... They'll either say, you don't really care about those babies, like you're saying, or they just skip it and say it's almost like the weird conspiracy theory, like, here we have millions of people, the majority of the citizens, really, who have this, some kind of jaded and strange and twisted desire to get control of women. <laughs> I just want to control them so much. I want to I want to make their bodies do the in, stuff I want their bodies in, to do. Including I, other women I want that to, are, are Yeah, including a for bunch that, of women. Right. And this is the sinister plot that sort of they're accused of. And that's dishonest because, frankly, there are lots and there are hordes and scores of pro-life people who care a lot about women. They, they open clinics as nonprofits, where nobody makes money, doctors donate time, you know Alabama who passed that law recently set a record for adoptions. Mm. There are going to bad, a lot of people do, and so from our side what we want to say is we don't care about what you do with your body by and large, we're mostly pretty, we're mostly way more. More um, liberal in we're, the classical sense. Yeah, we're sense. May more, more right. libertarian than you probably yeah. are. We want the government to do less for the most part. We, want, we say right up until you harm other people, which, by the way, is kind of the That's point here. going on You man. can do what the heck you want to do. But this is all about the baby. If, you, if I become convinced tomorrow that it's morally fine to kill anything in the womb, like if, I, if somehow I could take a pill that convinced me right. that it's a 100% chance, like there's nothing, it's like having your liver taken out, then guess what I'm going to say tomorrow? Abort away, baby! Because, in fact, the selfish part of me will say... I don't want your stinking unwanted babies competing in the world for my baby's resources and spreading your dumb genes. <laughs> so, so that part of me would actually say, "Yeah, maybe I'll let taxpayers pay for it." Um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in other words, it's all well, about this, this the argument baby. Would
2: be different then? Would everything be different if If let's say we were a species, humanity, uh, both men and women could get pregnant. Let's just just imagine with you. I'm trying to go somewhere here with this. I think. Wow. But imagine where where both both men and women could get pregnant, Michael. And then and then what would the argument be? Yeah, you're not woke, brother. Men can. can, can. Haven't you heard? There we go. There we go. (laughs) But just think of it. I mean, that's what's going on now. It can't be a women's rights issue, right? You can't say, "Oh, you're trying to oppress women. That's the only reason you have these arguments or or you you think this way." Then it can get to the point where yeah. we say, "Hey, you know, here's the real yeah. arguments and it's not it's not
0: that. It as nothing No, that's a good point. It's, by the way, well, Michael's saying that, some women have said that. They've said, "If men could get pregnant, you see this a lot." Yeah. And I do think, by the way, but
1: that's just a smokescreen. But you know what? For it, the real issue There is a yeah, chauvinistic is. element
0: on the other side, too. The, we always forget this, but nobody loves abortion more And they're quiet about it. And they're... they're, Liberal men. (laughs) A lot of men who are marching those parades. You know why they're marching? Is it because they value women? No, because women are basically their playthings and their toys. And and they use women like public toilets. And what they think is, yay abortion, my lifestyle without consequences. That's right. And so they're all for it. Yeah. And so I'm saying there there can be a chauvinism and a degrading of women on both sides. There could be. I mean... Theoretically, some men could be, I guess, heartless controllers. I don't know, man. Maybe in the past generations, um, some women were were under the thumb of men to too much of an extreme degree, and maybe some men use them to, I don't know, some kind of handsmaid's tale Ooh, scenario. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. But but I'm talking about right now. Right now, do you see that? Do you see any governments, uh, or any families, no. or any churches trying to trying to? Herd the women in, in and turn them, in, turn, and create some kind of birth. What would you call it, birthing factories? Yeah. Where you become like a what's like the Matrix. You're just a womb making yeah. our babies for us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who dreamed that garbage up? Besides some kind of weird sci-fi that's writer. A, a, that's hyperbole,
1: anyway. Like, the, that's the, the st- the, and that's the stuff that's selling. That's, that's what's selling. That and Michael
0: talked about the fear people have. I honestly, that's on the extreme. Somewhere in West Hollywood, they're sitting around coffee shops talking about that that's what the right-wingers are going to do to us they've convinced
1: themselves of this because again because they're not dealing with the fundamental question is it ever right to kill an innocent human life that's different from failing to protect an innocent human life and all those like the violinist analogy and all that kind of stuff is it ever right to to take an innocent human life and i think it is not Theology Unplugged.